podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson, here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this Friday morning? Hello, hello. Yes, it is Friday because I told Timmy that I cannot record on Monday after the game. I said I won't do it. Was it a, so, was uh, it a sad we, game? Yes, and I was not emotionally, mentally, nor physically prepared to talk about the game so soon afterwards. So here we are, Friday morning. Uh, Pro Bowl dodgeball has already happened. Oh, I need to watch and, that. And uh, it's actually, I, it's, it's pretty entertaining. Saquon it, Barkley is an animal. Dude, it's always, Pro Bowl dodgeball has always been, been entertaining because it reminds you that like dodgeball is one of the greatest sports humanity has ever invented. We should play it more. I actually got to play in a high school dodgeball tournament this week. Uh, the high school I went to, I'm good friends with the leadership teacher there, so I go back during their lunch and I ref the dodgeball. Um, but they have a staff team, and I used to coach baseball there like four years ago. And so they said, hey, we need more help on the staff team. So I got to play. Uh, the staff team made it into the final eight out of 32, did pretty well. Uh had a had a cool video clip a student sent to me of of me looking like Saquon Barkley out there. If you saw his clip, he was Dude. seriously it was just matrix for Saquon. My my peak athletic achievement and I guess we're a dodgeball podcast now was in high school we did a dodgeball tournament and I I rallied a team of like four of my more athletic friends and me. So I was by far the worst athlete on the team, but sometimes I I'm pretty good at catching the ball in dodgeball, so I just started um like everyone went out on my team but me and it was like 1v5 and I brought it back to like 1v2 just by catching and I kept catching it and then my teammates kept getting out again then I would catch another one they'd get out again and I got it down to two and then I went down like diving to try to catch one because I was just like I'm not winning if I don't catch stuff and it it like slipped out of my hands but that was by far the most athletic thing I've ever achieved you know what that sounds like one going down after the other that sounds like <laughs> the 49ers, 49ers quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Jinx. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to make jokes. No everyone, way to. But uh, way to bring us back. If you are you are here, <laughs> I'm sure you watched the 49ers collapse in the NFC Championship game, starting with Brock one. Purdy injuring his elbow and being unable to throw the football at all, to Josh Johnson. I think it's worth saying Josh Johnson was terrible before he was concussed. He was not. We were not winning that game with him even healthy, it looked like, because he could not seem to throw the ball anywhere, and then he got concussed. He just can. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like Josh Johnson, Like I like Josh Johnson. He seems like a nice guy. He's been around the NFL forever. But as Danny Kelly of The Ringer likes to say, the NFL. Josh Johnson was signing with teams before you were born, and he'll be still signing with teams after you're dead. But I think, um, <laughs> I think for someone who's been around that long, why has he been around that long? Because, man, I've seen him play before, and I didn't think he looked completely outmatched. He was completely outmatched on their Sunday. And all credit to the Eagles. Their their defense was awesome. I couldn't help but think, wow, their linebackers are everywhere. But then I was like, maybe that's because they know we can only run the ball. Josh Johnson goes out. We're hearing Christian McCaffrey's about to put on the headset because he's the emergency I thought quarterback. It was 
I thought it was Juice. I thought Juice was. And then Jawan Jennings was a like a four-star recruit as a high school quarterback. So I was a little surprised they didn't didn't maybe move him in. But it's just a reminder of like very very few people can play quarterback at the highest level. So maybe moving to the Wildcat offense was smarter. I'm a little surprised they didn't just move to a pure Wildcat offense because they wound up. Yes. Bringing Purdy back That's in. That's my biggest qualm with the game is should have done it earlier. Yeah, because Purdy could could throw a couple screens, but he was just putting nothing on the ball. And all credit to him for going out there and gutting it out. It, it has since come out he's had a UCL injury, a tear. It sounds like this is what's typically repaired with Tommy John surgery. If you follow baseball, you know that's not an injury you want to be dealing with. Sounds like he might be able to avoid the Tommy John surgery, but he's going to be out six months recovering from this elbow injury. So... Point is, he should never have been out there. Um, all all credit to Brock for for going out there. It says a lot about this season that we're saying, wow, if our third string, seventh round rookie, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback had been healthy, we may have won the NFC Championship game. Four quarterbacks going down in a season is just absolutely unheard of. But yeah, I think going Wildcat would have maybe done something, but we weren't winning that game. The the question that's going to linger in the back of my mind is there was a lot of a lot of stuff bubbling up around the week of... Jimmy Garoppolo's almost back like he's he's really almost there but since he hasn't practiced they're going to keep him out and he's going to be the backup for the Super Bowl if they win you have to wonder how how healthy was Jimmy was it a oh he could probably go but he hasn't practiced so they didn't dress him or was it a he's not ready at all was it a he can't move but he could at least throw the ball that I think is going to be what's nagging me is it sounded like it was kind of a it was kind of on the fence of whether or not Jimmy could could go and back up Brock and I I think that's going to be the thing that really lingers um is is if Jimmy had been out there what what could have happened I don't know what do you think I liked Josh Johnson the first time he was on the Niners, whatever year. Fifteen that was. years ago. Um, fifteen years ago, something like that. Um, I liked him. I was excited when we got him again, and then I watched him play, and I was a lot less excited. Josh seemed like he was hurt and couldn't throw the ball. I mean, he he just does not seem to have a strong arm. Um, yeah, he was not putting the like ball any anywhere. That he had made. Even before he was no. concussed, like the ball wasn't going near anybody. So that was a bummer. Obviously, Brock Purdy going out was was huge. Um, and of course, when when Purdy went out and it it didn't look like he was coming back in, I thought game over. There's no way. Um, kept thinking like, oh, he he might be coming back. He might not be. He might be coming back. He might not be. It was it was it was too hard to tell. They kept him on the sideline. Kept him throwing. Kept him trying to stay loose in case. Um, yeah, that's and then when Josh Johnson got hurt. He, I mean. New York reviewed that. They were like, that guy has to go out. He did. He just and you slammed his head. You saw it immediately, right? Guy got up and wobbled. Like, you got to yeah. keep him out. You know what? Like, I have no I have no issues with Josh being ruled out. He was clearly concussed. Like, not a problem there. To be honest, I don't think it made much of a difference because he hadn't been playing very well. My question is, how was Brock throwing on the sideline? Like, I believe that Purdy couldn't throw, but he was throwing short stuff on the sideline, so we couldn't have had him throw he, some shorter things. Maybe he just didn't have the velocity, and they were like, that's getting picked if you off. Look at, if you look at his motion on the sideline, he was throwing, but it was all arm, and he did not move his elbow. Yeah. He did not move his elbow. So he was throwing, and he was just following through with his arm, but there was no motion in his elbow. He kept it as as like 90 degree as possible the entire time. And you can actually do that easier than, than you think. Um, with something in your hand, it's a lot easier. 
but that not not the snap that's where that strain on your elbow will come from and so he wasn't putting that strain on on the tear on the muscle there um and i think they were just hope you know having tested out like can you can you throw how bad does it hurt is it gonna make it worse i don't know um some of the but, analysis uh, I heard too from um again the Ringer guys, the Ringer fantasy football guys, love them. Um was, you know, you looked at him, he never once like most of the time a football injury, the guys on the sideline begging the coaches to, and the trainers to put him in. Brock knew he couldn't throw. Like he knew. And I don't blame him for that. Like if you know you can't throw, it's good on you to tell tell the coaches, but that's how you knew it was bad because he was never like, "Let me in, let me in, let me in." He was like, "Yeah, I can't throw." Like, I will do this if you need me to, but, like, I cannot physically throw the ball. And that, that's crazy. Well, being frustrated with Josh Johnson for not being able to throw the ball very well, I was way more frustrated that he fumbled a a snap. Just nothing was wrong with the snap. He just didn't know what he was doing. So there, this game was so up and down in terms of hope because when Brock Purdy goes out, we all lost hope. But then the 49ers kind of hung in there and stayed with it and made it somewhat of a game still. And we're like, okay, can this be a funky team where it's just going to be run by Debo, Chris McCaffrey, and Kill right now? If anyone could do and it, no quarterback. It'd be Kyle. Yeah, exactly. So we were kind of hopeful. We saw some of Kyle's run schemes, and they all got obliterated. It was not looking too well. And then Purdy comes in and just hands it off. I personally think that was the downfall of the game. I think he threw one, maybe two screen passes. But you cannot put a quarterback in there who you know, who everyone knows cannot throw the ball because they know you're just going to run it. And when they, every every single play can just go run defense, it's going to be tough. And you're not going to catch them off guard with a screen pass if they're already expecting something short like that. So I truly think they needed to have moved to a wildcat, put Juice back there, put Jawan Jennings back there. Someone who can at least say, Hey, I'm not accurate, but I can take a deep shot if needed just to make them try to still be on their toes in some way, shape, or form. So having the we're just going to run the ball practically put on the the Jumbotron I think was a a killer of the game. I I think that's – I agree, but I I think asking someone who's not an NFL quarterback to throw the ball is is an unreasonable request. I saw someone make the point on Twitter, if you remember a couple years ago – Kendall Hinton on the Denver Broncos like every quarterback um, went down to injury and they bumped up Kendall Hinton who was a wide receiver on the practice squad he was a college quarterback he was a guy who played quarterback for four years in college and you know what he got absolutely destroyed by an NFL defense this was a guy who played QB in college was completely outmatched through a crazy amount of interceptions and it was just like oh this poor guy like he never should have been out here so we didn't have anybody who had even played quarterback in college. And so I, I think that's an unreasonable ask when you just think about the time we've seen non-NFL passers try to do it. It just doesn't – it's just too hard. And so I, I think that's, uh, that's kind of what I was taking away looking at that was it's just, it's just a big ask. I don't, I don't disagree with it. I just think when you're trying to win the NFC championship game – and you only run the ball, and everyone knows you are, that that cannot be the best option. Yeah. Um, whether you know whether it's just run a couple of trick plays like we did where Christian McCaffrey threw for a touchdown, that would have been cool to at least see once. Um, it worked perfectly when we did it the one time in the season. I don't know why we didn't do it again, 
Maybe it was too obvious when it, he was back there in Wildcat. I don't know. Um, but I just I really felt like we could have been more creative with that. And I love Cal's run game, but it did not work in that last half. And it was tough. I mean, there were a lot of other factors in the game than uh, both of our QBs going down. Um, Devonta Smith had a catch that was not a catch. And we know it was not a catch because he was hurrying to line up quickly to snap the ball again right after, so we couldn't challenge it. So I was bummed that Kyle didn't challenge that. Um, I mean, Devonta got right up, gave the ball to a ref, lined up. So to me, even if he, even if there is a chance that he caught it, when a receiver does that, I think that's pretty much telling coach, hey, take a shot and challenge this play because the receiver doesn't even seem to believe. Um Jason Kelsey is one of the greatest centers of all time in the conversation for the greatest of all time. That was a challenge for us as well. Um, When they were rushing for those one-yard plays, I loved the camera angle they were showing where Kelsey, it's get that shoulder down, get pad under pad, get that shoulder down, be able to lift the other guy up and just create that room. He's going to... I, I believe Jason Kelsey is going to go be a coach somewhere it's, at some point. It's kind of crazy it. that both Kelsey brothers are Hall of Fame players and are like currently the best player at their position no in contest. the NFL. Like exactly. There's yeah. I don't like the Bosa's maybe is the is the comparison, but like how are the Watts? But you don't have many times you have two brothers who play different positions, and if you said who's the best player at this position in the NFL, you pretty much have to say their name. Yeah, I, I could get there with the Watts. Sorry, Derek. I don't know if you're the best fullback. I know you're not better than Juice. He's not Juice. Um, but TJ and JJ are up there. Bosa's, I would say, not quite, and it's Joey's fault, not Nick's. But truly, I mean, Jason Kelsey could be one of the best centers of all time in the top three to five. If he's not in your top three to five. Also, I'm not sure how many people talk about their top three to five centers of all time. We do. But, uh, <laughs> we do. Travis Kelsey is obviously one of the best tight ends ever to play the game. Yeah, it's, agreed. It's statistically proven. So the fact that they're in the Super Bowl together is just incredible. And if you saw a picture of their mom, she just looks like some sweet older lady who is the mother of the Kelsey brothers. And you're like, wow, you have incredible genetics. Yeah, no, it's a it's an accomplishment. But yeah, I mean, they're, our defense, you know, really did help hold up in the beginning. And I was I was proud of that, I think. How do you, like, it is so hard to do that for four quarters when you know your offense just can't do anything. Like, I mean, the team unraveled, and that, that's what happened on the, on the offensive side as well. And that's, it was a bummer to see, but it was, it was understandable. I mean, Trent got ejected, right, for starting a fight, and I don't, I, like, you don't want anybody starting fights, but I get the frustration and just coming out and being Trent like, said, I am playing so, so well. Like, I am doing a great job, and I just cannot affect this. He was killing it, but Trent came out and said, you know what, if I'm going to have to take a break from football until next season, I'm going to make my WWE audition right here, and boy did he. Boy did he. Is there, I don't know if there's anything in life that could be more terrifying than Trent Williams trying to fight you, which is what George Kittle, that's what George Kittle said after the game, did you see that, he's like, well I tried to stop it, like that poor player, could you imagine Trent Williams trying to fight you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, gosh, the, I don't remember the Eagles player it was someone I didn't know. He hit. He went from standing straight up to the ground so fast. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, that would yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I know that would be so terrifying. 
I know Dre Greenlaw uh, on a different play was going for the ball, but when he was just punching with his left hand, just full swings, and I I could see Kyle going, he was hitting the ball. I go, ah, it looked like he was punching him in the arm every single time. I don't know if he hit the ball. I bet he was trying to, but it just shows these guys let, I, I, yeah, I assume so, but these guys were were doing their best until they just couldn't handle it anymore. And I get it. You know, we've all been there in our sports lives, but again, let's take let's give them their credit where they're at the highest level making millions of dollars. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to be a little more invested emotionally as well. Um, this is their job. But it was tough. It it was tough to kind of see the way it finished. They got angry and they lost it and they couldn't handle the the situation and I get it. Um, I couldn't handle it watching it. And so I can't imagine what they felt on the field being a part of that. This is one of the most incredible teams we've seen in years, one of the most incredible defenses in history for a a few weeks stretch, but all season. And for it to come crashing down like this, everything they've worked for, for a whole year, and, you know, seasons build on each other. So I get it. I understand the frustration. I didn't love the way it ended and how they handled it, but again, I understand it. It is, I'm very pro player in that sense where it is, it is their job, it's their livelihood, they're doing their best. Totally, um, and I, I think it's, it's sad to talk about, but it's probably a good time to shift the conversation of how much more of this 49ers window do we have? A lot of stuff going on with the quarterback room. The defense has an insane... We have an insane amount of free agents on both sides of the ball. We're going to extend Bosa. He's not going anywhere. But keeping some of these guys in the building is is going to be tough. And you think about even someone like D'Amico Ryans, just signed to be the Houston Texans head coach. And we're so excited for him. We wish him the best. It's so cool that he gets to go home to his former team. And he has earned it every step of the way. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do in Houston. But how do we fill that void? Vic Fangio is signing with the Miami Dolphins, an absolute coup for them. Who's the who's the guy we bring in who can lead a defense to be the same way? Steve Wilkes is the name I keep hearing thrown around, but it's going maybe if uh, Chris Harris. I'm I'm hoping maybe that Denver that Sean Payton fires Evero up in Denver and we can bring him in. But Sean Payton's a smart guy. There's not really a reason to fire Evero the way he's been coaching that defense. So it's. It, that that's a question we have to ask. How are we going to keep these free agents in the building? And what who on earth is going to be the 49ers quarterback next season? Tom Brady, who is the name you kept hearing thrown around, has retired, which I'm putting in air quotes because he's done it before and he's come back, and that is a man addicted to football. But so what do you— And Rodgers says, I ain't going to SF. Yeah, has Rodgers said that? I didn't even hear it. Oh, you didn't see it? Just, on McAfee? just yesterday or two days ago. No, he's literally at— the whatever golf tournament is going on right now, he's on the tee box. He's he's literally about ready to take his backswing, and he's got an earpiece in, I believe. And guys are like, "So, Aaron, where uh, where are you going next year?" Like as he's about to start his backswing, and he like pauses for a second, and he goes, "I can tell you, I'm not going to SF." Well, and it, swings. It sounds like they're not going to be trading him mid division. Derek Carr is a name I keep hearing thrown around. I think that's a name. I that <laughs> I think that's a name. I like Derek Carr. I think he is a good quarterback. But it sounds like, and and this is where we get to shift into some of the fun news of the week. Kyle Shanahan said in a press conference, 
that he expects Jimmy to be gone, and both Brock and Trey are he's confident in having the two of them compete. Sounds like they are both on track to be healthy. Trey, I think, just got a full clean bill of health, which is great for him to get to train over the offseason. Purdy's on about a six-month timeline, which would get him back just in time for training camp. Sounds to me like we're going into next season with a Purdy-Trey battle to to duke it out to see who the uh, the 49ers starter is is going to be. So, I don't well, know, we Daniel, what do you think about there. that? We may not get there depending on Purdy's injury. If he does totally. need surgery... He will not be ready. No, he may it, not play all season. It sounds like it depends on the surgery. There's two options. And what, what Adam Schefter reported is that it sounds like he's going to be able to get away without needing the Tommy John, just a repair, not a full reconstruction, and that will have him back in six months. But it sounds like he's still seeing second opinions and nothing's really final yet. If he needs Tommy John, you're right, that's probably the year. But it sounds like it's going to be possible for him to get away with a slightly less invasive surgery. And one thing I will say is you never want a player to get surgery, of course. But most of the time, it's Tommy John is a baseball injury usually or a baseball surgery. It's named after a baseball player. Um, but usually what you'll see is when players, because there are MLB players, Corey Seager, Bryce Harper, they have both had Tommy John now. It's not just pitchers. But what you'll often see is um, players who get Tommy John, they come back and their arm is, is stronger. They're able to snap that arm much better than they were before. Um, so pitchers who have Tommy John, they actually throw a little bit harder sometimes afterwards. So if if Brock does get it, he may come back a little bit stronger and able to throw a, a further deep ball. I don't know. But I'm not hoping that he has to have Tommy John surgery. But just so we know it, it, it is a very – the reason it's such a long recovery time and massive surgery, as you said, it's the reconstructive part. Um, but it does it – does, work very well there are players who have to get two tommy johns but um i've seen plenty of reports it's because they tore a different part that was repaired um but whatever whatever gets brock healthy and ready to play i i trust his decision and we would love to see him out there early enough to compete for the spot um i'm skeptical that it, it could be that timeline so in my mind right now trey is because jimmy garoppolo will be with a new team. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan uh, has said, like, I do not see a scenario in which Jimmy comes back to be the team starter. And that is, like, Shanahan has danced around saying that so many times, but I think he uh, I think he means it this time. There's just, we can't afford Jimmy. I mean, someone's going to go pay Jimmy to be a starter, and we can't afford $25, $20 million a year. We got, we got players who actually matter to resign. Like, the, the best thing the 49ers can do is to try to compete with Brock or Trey on their, on their rookie deal. No question. Yeah. Yeah, so that is that's the outlook for the quarterback room. In my brain, it's going to be Trey Lance is going to be the healthy one, and Brock might not be there quite yet. And if he is, that's awesome. And then you can make a case for either. I think Brock Purdy has a stronger case to be made, um, but I think that you know maybe Trey being drafted, traded up to be drafted third overall, not playing a ton either of his years, his first two years, he. Uh, he might have a little extra fire, but Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant and then going on this massive win streak that he went on, that's another another way to look at a fire as well. Um, so a lot going on there. A lot going on between the, the, just the two of them. Yeah, and it's and it's nowhere near done. You know, there's a lot of things to still to still figure out here before before we know what's going on. Let's uh, let's take your temperature, Daniel. Tell me right now who's going to be the 49ers starting quarterback next year. 
Week one? Yeah, week one. If Well, that's hard because if Purdy is ready to go, if Purdy is ready to go, like he is healthy, you fully think, healthy. You think he him. wins the job in a, in a training camp battle? What what is hard for me is and this but this is what happens is injuries can change things. So we saw a lot of reports going into the Eagles game, right? That Brock Purdy will be the starting quarterback next year. I think they were gonna have a, a camp battle no matter what. But I saw loads of reports saying that and I totally agree. Not because of not because I saw those reports, but I that's what I would do. That's the decision I would make. Um, Brock Purdy has lost one game and it was a game that he got injured in and did not get to compete in whatsoever. So I, I just think it, it would, why would you not go with that guy? If you have a very similar team, why would you not? I think that Brock, obviously he still has room to grow things to work on. I think he has, I think he's more ML, uh, MLB, whoops, NFL ready than Trey Lance. I think that Trey Lance still needs some, some practice and to iron out some things. And I think that spending some time doing that with the practice squad, with the B team, like Brock Purdy did for a lot of this year, will be very helpful for him. Yeah. And then and then it could be very tough because I do think if Trey Lance lives into his highest potential, I do think he can beat out Brock Purdy. And that's that's what I keep coming back to is Trey Lance was drafted because of his physical tools, because of what he could turn into as an athlete as a passer, he was drafted because his physical ability was such that if he hit his full potential, he was going to be able to transcend an offense. And you know what? He still can do that. His physical, like no one is going to argue that Trey Lance does not have better physical tools than Brock Purdy. And so it, it, it comes down to, do we think he can develop into the player the 49ers thought he could when they drafted him? Because if he can, he's better than Brock. And I, that's hard to say. I love Brock Purdy. I love what he's done for this team. And I want him, I wish him every success in the world. But you know what? If Trey Lance hits his full potential, there's no argument that he's going to be a better quarterback than Brock Purdy was. And Brock Purdy was good. But he, he, I, I just don't know. I, I think I'm still hoping to the timeline that Purdy is back to compete. I, I don't know. I think I kind of lean Lance because of the odds. Like, if I'm taking everything into effect and you just ask me make a prediction, I'm probably going to say Lance because the injury odds, I think just because the, the injury, I think just give him better odds. But I don't think it's impossible that he, that he beats Brock Purdy out, especially because he can start training right now. Like, Trey is cleared to go. If he works his butt off, which by every account he does, he's going to be able to start training like today, February 3rd to get ready for next offseason. And Brock is going to have to spend six months just getting back to being able to throw the ball. So if Lance is able to, to continue to develop, I don't think it's impossible that he can he can come off and, and have an extra step. Now, I think Purdy has the advantage in the coaches' minds because of what he did the last offseason. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be really fun. And do you do you bring in a veteran? It's it's all it's all complicated and tough. I think I lean I lean Trey just because the odds of Purdy not being ready to go, I think, are there. And I just think if Trey can develop into the player they drafted him to be, that player is better than Brock Purdy. And that's that's a bummer, but that's true. Yeah, you know, the key the key thing there is Trey Lance has better physical tools. Um, but, you know... There are different styles of quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL 
especially in terms of the physical ability. He's huge. He can run. He tries to bulldoze people over. He also has a cannon. Um, and it's it's crazy to me, the, the, the size and the athleticism that he has. Um, but there are some quarterbacks out there who are very good, who do not have a lot of physical potential. The number one example of this is a 45-year-old quarterback named Tom Brady who is not the most fantastic athlete. Never in his life has he been fast. Um, I don't think that he can bulldoze anyone over, um, but is a smart player and is precise and take, takes risks. That is more of the style that Brock Purdy is. Um, Purdy is much more athletic than, than Tom Brady was or ever will be, but because Purdy can move, Purdy can Purdy can run. He's he's shifty. Um, I think he's also really smart, and I think that something absolutely has to be said, and it does matter. His composure, the ability to be in those situations, and Tom is is the greatest at that at all time. Um, to be down, to be in a pinch, and not panic, and and dig your way back out and win a game. I think Brock Purdy has some of that i don't know what percentage but we've we've seen him already have a good chunk of that um in some some games this season so trey lance and brock purdy are very different style quarterbacks to me um trey is is much more of the i I keep relating him to josh allen but again not like that is those are the same physical attributes that trey has that josh has but we don't know if as much or if he can live into those and then i think uh Brock has very similar things to Tom Brady. Don't know how much. Can he live into those as much? So they're very different to me. I can make a case for both. And I think Brock Purdy is more polished and NFL ready. But that does not mean that Trey Lance cannot get there and surpass him in that. So this is it's just truly, I cannot think of a, a QB competition like this one. Two, two, two guys on rookie deals, very young. Brock's, I believe, 23. Trey might be 23 now. I think he was 21 when we drafted him, right? I think he's probably still 22. 20? He was 20 when That's we drafted him. That's crazy to me. So I think his birthday's when, in when May. Can you ever think of, <laughs> when can you ever think of two young, good quarterbacks competing for a spot like this? Like I, I just cannot think of two quarterbacks to this skill level competing for a spot so maybe timmy and i will have to research some of that in uh two weeks when we when we meet again we'll discuss and see if we can find uh, a more heated well heated isn't the right word but tough contested quarterback battle yeah so here's according to uh to matt mayoko and i hadn't seen this but worth saying here's a quote matt mayoko is good he knows what he's talking about I think there will be a lot of pissed off people in this locker room if Brock Purdy is not the starter next season. So it sounds like, at least according to Mayoko, and I, I think we can, he has never once shown that he can't be trusted as a source. The 49ers locker room wants Purdy. And that's fair. I mean, they probably think he's earned it based on what he did. And guys don't like it when guys lose their job over in, via injury. Um, so I think, I think that makes sense. That well, but some Trey Lance lost his job over injury as well. Totally. And that's why I think, like, I don't know. Ultimately, like guys are going to want whoever gives them the best chance to win. And so because of that, I think um, I think it's very possible that that it could still be Trey. We'll see. I'm 
I'm really torn um, to confirm Trey Lance is 22 years old. To go back to an, an earlier topic on the show, Daniel, how many transactions do you think Josh Johnson has been involved in in his time as an NFL player? If you go to 57. Pro, not even close. 84. Gosh. Let me pull it up. The Are guy you has been in like 84 squad back down to yeah. practice squad. Yeah, I think he's okay. signed with the 49ers like 15 different times. He, he he's literally played for half the NFL. There is a, a former MLB pitcher named Edwin Jackson who okay. literally pitched for I believe 16 out of the 30 teams and I think that Josh has done the same thing. Hey, you know what? Respect a man for for making his money, for finding his niche, but you know what? He stunk out there. And I've seen him play before, and he was better. He was not ready. There's two types of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. There's ones who carry clipboards and collect paychecks, and then there's Brock Purdy's who are ready to go at all time and ready to make the most of their opportunity. You know what? Josh Johnson, at least on this 49ers stint, was a carry a clipboard, collect a paycheck guy. And that, we needed someone who was ready to go. And I don't know that we could have expected anyone to be anything different when they're the fourth string, but, I mean, he clearly was not, was there for a paycheck and I don't like I have nothing against Josh Johnson I think he's been like I think he seems like a nice guy I think he's worked his butt off to get where he is but at least in this time around he was not ready to play quarterback yeah which is which sucks Um, when your entire job is to be ready to play quarterback yeah again I just keep going to the what ifs what ifs what if uh what if Josh was better? What if Brock never got hurt? I truly think if Brock never got hurt and we had a we had a full game and a shot, I think that absolutely it could have been ours for the taking. I don't know. I thought the Eagles looked so good. Their defense was they every did. now I'm like weighing it against like they were so quick to the ball. Their linebackers were so fast. That defense was everywhere. But then it's like, well, was that just because they knew we were gonna run every single play? Like if you know you can run every single play, of course your linebackers are gonna be ready for that. So I don't know. I, I thought they looked really, 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 really good. I agree with you. I think we would have had a much better shot, especially with how our defense limited them in the in the first half. And I think the not being able to limit them in the second half is probably much more to do with morale than with our defense's ability. But the Eagles looked really, really good, Daniel. So I, I don't know. I want to tell myself that we would have won with Brock. I don't know that I can that I can get there. Yeah, I'm a hopeful guy. I believe in all of our weapons and our defense, and it is hard to imagine it, especially after the game that we did see. Um, but you're right; it absolutely was a tough battle. I mean, it was 50-50 rankings going in. It's hard, and now I'm, I'm. I was looking at my notes, and you know, we already made a comment about Demeco Ryan's signing with the Texans. If you're, if you pay any attention to football, you've seen it by now. Um, but I think I feel like we should do a separate, a whole separate segment on him in another podcast to talk about the value he brought to the team and uh, everything, everything that he has done for the 49ers and how incredible he is. Just uh, do like a thank you, D'Amico episode. Yeah, d- yeah. Whether it's a whole episode or not, um, I just kept thinking. I was like, man, we talked about a game and it was our last one at Demeco, and he's not getting any attention, and he absolutely should. We should. We will, we will give him his next attention. episode. We will do a thank you, D'Amico Ryan's episode, segment. I think that's fair. He has been so so good to the 49ers, and I'm really excited to see who um, 
who he turns into. Coaching staff, that's the other thing really to keep your eye on, 49ers fans, the next couple weeks. Uh, who on our coaching staff is going to stay? Sounds like Anthony Lynn is getting some looks to be a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator somewhere. I was so like, really? will the 49ers promote him to offensive coordinator the same way they did with uh, – with Mike McDaniel a couple years ago to keep him around a little longer. I think there's there's a chance of that. So we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Um, defensive coordinator is really the best thing. Will they will they promote someone within again like they did with D'Amico? Will they look outside to somebody like Steve Wilkes? Unfortunately, Vic Fangio is uh, no longer available. They Miami gave him a bag, and you know what? Good for you, Vic. Um, but we will we will see. There's there's names out there to keep an eye on. Um, uh, there aren't many coaches who wouldn't want to come coach this San Francisco defense, so we'll we'll see what happens there. I think it's it's super important that that hire. It's probably the most important thing the 49ers do all offseason. We need offensive minds to work with Kyle, but we have the NFL's best offensive mind already, and so I'm I'm okay. I'm much more worried about that D coordinator position. So that that's something to keep an eye on. Whatever happens with Anthony Lynn is is worth keeping an eye on personally i think the 49ers will be fine without anthony lynn but that's just because i will never forget the time he called a play as the chargers quarterback the coach where the quarterback tried to offensive sneak while the offensive line backed up into pass protection so maybe not his fault but that is the lasting image i will always have of anthony lynn as an offensive coordinator he he is known for that i will say yeah so hard not to gonna be a lot of a lot of coaching staff staff changes a small shout out that we probably should have made earlier this season to brian greasy first season coaching was the 49ers quarterbacks coach and managed to make three different quarterbacks competitive in that time frame i mean a phenomenal a phenomenal first coaching job by him so uh nice any other like end of year end of season shout outs you want to give daniel no i, th- I think you know I think we can also include that in the next episode as we're talking about Demeco. But I like what you said with Brian Greasy. That's absolutely true. Um, I think Kyle is, you know, he's the coach of the year. A lot of credit. This man took a third like string Mr. Future. Irrelevant to uh, to the NFC Championship. He might not win it, but he's the coach of the year. I would, re- yeah, I would really like for that to be true. Um, I know they do a coordinator of the year, and if that's not. Demeco Ryan's, I just I think that award is stupid then because he's the coordinator that everyone wanted for a head coach. Yeah, keep an eye out for Nick Bosa's impending win on a defensive player of the year. That that is likely to be him. So, best it's of another luck. Another one there. where I would question big time. Just uh, listeners to catch you up on where we're going to be. Uh, it's the off season, so we will be moving back to that every other week frequency. We're gonna move into uh, next in two weeks. We're gonna do a more clear-headed season recap as we're a little less emotionally frustrated with the 49ers. Talk a little bit about give out some season awards. Probably talk more about sending off D'Amico, and then we'll uh, probably jump into free agency and the the draft from there. So, yeah. Daniel, any uh, yeah, any fun, parting thoughts? Fun stuff ahead. We know we love looking at we we do love looking at the off season. We're we're still mourning the loss of of the playoffs. One one game away from the Super Bowl. It's gonna uh, be a hard one to swallow for a long time. It will be, but we do enjoy it, and we do love some some off season outlook stuff. So we'll we'll see in two weeks. Yep. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and uh, stay safe out there. Have a good one.